until the chequered flag falls, however we are already halfway through the season-ish. Sam and I will look back at the opening few rounds. Yes, hello and welcome to our mid-season interval podcast. Um, we've had four out of five very hectic weekends in August. Yep. And this is the biggest break that we're going to have this season. Uh, three weeks between... We'll see Knock Hill last time out and Thruxton. Yeah, and the official mid-season of the race, uh, racing Canada this year, as there's only nine uh, weekends, is halfway through the second race of Thruxton. However, we felt it'd be quite difficult to bring. Uh, there there might have been in. a safety car. <laughs> the Porsches could have perhaps been yes, done during yep. that. But anyway, we thought we'll do a ishy kind of uh, mid-season review now. And also, as you just rightly pointed out, this is the biggest break we've got in the calendar this season. This is akin to the summer break, um, so we might as well get one out. Yeah, hopefully there'll be plenty more news over this break, um, but I think we should start with the main biggest news that was announced actually this morning, Yeah. Um, which involves Team Hard, uh, and it's very positive news for next season. Absolutely. So, I think one of the big gripes fans have had with Team Hard for a long time has been the use of the CCs, who first aimed in the series in, I believe, 2013. And I, th- I think each podcast we've done, we might have brought it up. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, they, they're, I think they're now about seven years old. Yeah. Uh, obviously, when they first came in, they were fairly competitive. Colin Turkton won the Independence Championship in mm-hmm. uh, one. Plato had it as well and looked fairly good. Challenged, uh, managed the title challenge in one, two. But that was seven years ago, um, yeah. or circa seven years ago. BTC has moved on. They're, they're, they're the dated cars of the field, uh, alongside the Mercs, but they seem to have re- had a rejuvenation yeah. this season. They're not quite as bad as the Mercs are. They're, they're basically taking the crown off the MGs for, yeah, for they have. being too long in the sport now. Yeah. And this has, of course, led to various uh, mechanical issues, technical issues, which you'd expect of the age of the material running. Uh, it's led to some frosty interviews by drivers. There's been a sense that there's not been a, a complete harmony at times this season. No, and you, you can kind of understand that with drivers coming into a race in the British Touring Cars. You want to be in a wholly competitive car and be able to fight for points or where your driver skill is actually at. Yeah. And more specifically, we're probably on about Jack Goff here. We know that he can be out there winning races and getting podiums. We saw that in the Wick Civic, Civic that he was running, and it feels like he had a downgrade. And you could see how frustrated he was get with getting with driving this Volkswagen. Yeah, I think there's a question that what's better, no drive or yeah. a drive, but with this. But the but the big news is that we're not going to see the CC well you might do somebody might pick them up as an independent I'd be surprised but certainly hard aren't going to be running the CCs next year they're going to commit to be building at least two Sayat Cooperas now yes. <laughs> you may remember we did a podcast some weeks ago during the sort of depths of lockdown where we looked at cars we'd like back on the grid and we both yep. identified Sayat to be back on the grid they were a fantastic manufacturer and constructor when they were on the grid. Obviously, they were providing a support series at the same time. Yep. Um, and to see this car come back onto the grid is fantastic. And the renders and shots of it with different liveries on it 
make it look fantastic. I mean, it's going to sound a really daft thing to say. It looks a race car. It na- oh, yes. naturally looks a race car, doesn't it? It's yeah. got the hot hatch. It's sleek. It's yeah. low. I mean, it looks like a perfect uh, car in the sense of the Ford Focus, the new Focus they're running. That this is very similar. It's sleek. It's low. I was thinking the renders that have been released look very reminiscent of the One Series. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, absolutely. There's sort of that mixed in there, mm. certainly. You've got the One Series mixed in there, along with the Ford's lowness as well. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be very, very exciting, not only to have a new car on the grid, but they'll be looking and taking great heart from the fact that Accelerate, or a new team mm. really, have brought two brand new cars to the grid, not been run before, um, and have picked up fairly good results. I wonder if this was sort of like a plan in the future at some point, but pardon the pun it's had to have been accelerated because of what they've done this season in that new Hyundai yeah. and they've seen such good results from it that Team Hard have actually had to go oh hang on a minute we are now the worst cars on the grid and we're going to need to buck our ideas up and make this investment sooner rather than later otherwise we can't offer drivers what they want exactly I mean last year they were sort of the fight was between themselves and the MGs yep. this year their fight is pretty much amongst themselves and Depending on the track, the Audis. Yeah. Um, I think the Audis have been the next. And Butel. But yeah. that's down to his experience, and we know that Morgan can get a tune out of the Mercedes. Yeah, I think on that note that it will have to be the uh, Audis replaced next. I think. Yes. But that's yeah, I, either the Audis or the Mercedes, um, depending how well it continues in the hands of Adam Morgan. I'm starting to think he's sort of surgically attached yeah. to the Mercedes but yeah but going back to Hard to say this is really exciting news it's great to see A. Hard staying in the sport B. the oh, fact yeah. that they're going to hopefully progress to compete a little bit more um, because they've got the driving talent there in, in Jack Goff they've got Ollie Brown obviously coming through could disguise the limit for him um, as a young driver coming through Bordley's improved massively this season in the 1 Series I'd expect him to keep to the 1 Series um, but the big question is who do you think you'll see in the cars next year they've hinted themselves that there may be driver changes they've asked who we'd like to see in the cars next year I think Goff has to get given the opportunity of at least one year in the car yeah, if someone else doesn't want to pick him up that is um, because we know the, the pedigree that he holds in the sport and he could really be the driver to go and take it by the scruff of its neck and go right this is the direction I want the team to go in one other thought I'm wondering is whether they will become a manufacturer with Team Hard. I don't think they would because I don't know if the manufacturing side of things would then put a limit on A, how many driver swaps they can do, mm. perhaps curtail the driving scholarships that they do because I think the manufacturers have a lot more control. Well, um, we, we, we see through the manufacturers that, yes, they generally have two cars. Yeah. But last season we saw BMW run that third car for Andrew Jordan. Could we not see them run the two or more Leons and then in that third seat, like we've got a BTC race in this season, we've got that third driver bringing in his own bag of sponsorship, running effectively his own team, but Team Harder providing the, the machinery for him. I think the only thing that's different there is that um, Hard is so differently set up to the way BMW is set yes. up. So yes, I understand that. I, I, I think that it's not beyond the realm of possibility, but I think the manufacturer would have to come on board knowing what Hard are all about and completely buy into what Hard are about. They're mm. not about BMW win at not all costs, but they're not about being at the top echelons of motorsport. Hard yeah. are very much about bringing people through 
giving people the opportunity, as we've seen with uh, Nicholas Hamilton this season, mm. we've seen countless drivers over the years. And you've got to get a manufacturer that really buys into that ethos and that way of running a team, which I'm not saying it can't happen, but I think it's less clear-cut than uh, a Vauxhall going to back Plato and Jackson or BMW back in Turkey. You say that, I think it would be more likely with Sayak considering their history in the sport before and having had that feeder championship. Yeah, that's possible as well. That's possible as well. Um, I think that Goff also gets right of first refusal. Yeah. I would be, it makes sense, I think, to give Bushell this other seat, who is a yeah. engineering quality, a chance to bring on the car with an en- you know, a very capable race engineer as well. It makes sense that he's in there. Loves a hatch as well. Yeah. And even though his performances this so far this season have been a little bit underwhelming compared to his little brief cameo last season, yeah. I think if you're trying to bring on and develop a new car, somebody who's got the engineering ability of Bushel is an obvious choice. Um, I also wouldn't necessarily rule out Max Copes as a wild card. He's still mm. in the hard program, obviously looking to get a leg up somewhere. And yeah. This could be a good chance for him. Although it's a bit more of a risk to give a debut to a, B- a BTCC debut in a brand new car. But who knows? Sometimes it works really well. Yeah, I think it will be interesting to see. Obviously, they they've said that there will be a minimum um, of two cars. Whether they will stretch to that third, I doubt they'll go to a fourth with Bordley if he stays. I think yep. he's more likely to stay in the BMW. I'd agree. But it will be interesting to see what they run as a third car, assuming they're still going to be a four-car team in inverted commas. Yeah, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if we see Bordley break away as his own next year. Because mm. from my understanding, he has the car. Yes. Um, so it wouldn't necessarily surprise me if we see Bordley pull away and go under his company, uh, or company name or something or other, and yep. run as an independent like Jelly, or even form an alliance with Jelly as a yeah, two-one-series yeah. Yeah, two, BMW <clears throat> team. Um, he's very much part of Team Hard this year, but obviously, as you say, that one series doesn't quite fall into the plans of the Cooper. No. And that could then mean they could potentially have four Coopers on the grid. Yep. Chance to get development through quicker, still have that scholarship drive or that yep. bringing through drive and have a good couple of drives at the front as well. So, um, It'll be... They, they've developed this car with the intention of the future in mind. Um, so they've worked with Cosworth as well to make sure that the, the car will be future-proof and be able to accept the, the new hybrid engine that they are developing. Um, so it will be interesting to see whether they get a foot up on that change. I know they'll be bringing it in the year before we go to um, hybrid, but it will be interesting to see how that car will adjust as long as it's in the championship for more than the year, which I think it will be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think you know, this is terribly exciting. You know, it, it, it's a car that looks destined to race. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm thoroughly excited to see see that on the grid next year. Yeah, I think we were both quite disappointed when Sayat originally stepped back from the sport all those years ago. I was, although at that point I was sick of the terrible liveries on Sayat Leons with the air cool and the <laughs> green and yellow uh, Sayat of the time. But absolutely, very excited to have these back on the grid. And it's good because, you know... It, we are no longer in the BMW or Honda era. We are now seeing genuinely good mm. other cars come through. This season, you've got the Infinity, which I don't it's get a revelation. It. Well, none of us thought this this would be no. as good as it is. No, I don't think we all thought that the Ford would be as good as it is either. No, given that the old Focus was very outdated towards the end of its th- uh, shredded wheat career. Yeah, and obviously this is a brand new car to run. That's a really competitive car. The Hyundai's are fairly competitive. They're at the sharp end of the grid more often than not. Yep. So we've actually now got a grid that is pretty 
competitive and you're not all BMW or Honda, which is excellent. No, I think with a competitive grid, you'll also get the cream of the crop rise to the top. Um, no matter what type of car they're in, if they're a good enough driver, then they'll push that car all the way up. And it makes it a more exciting spectacle for the fans, for sponsors, for TV. Yeah. That It's not like it was a couple of years ago, everyone's driving a Honda Civic mm. or a BMW. You've actually now got really exciting different badge battles and that might have also encouraged more manufacturers back into the sport oh yeah because the more you the can show the popularity of it rises with that the difference of manufacturer yeah, exactly. coming in and the more you can show that actually it's not the BMW Honda show mm. you know Vox are back in as a, or were going to be back in as a manufacturer yeah um, which is amazing they haven't been for so long mm. obviously Toyota have come in as a manufacturer yeah this is a really exciting time for touring cars and yeah, can't wait for next season already. Yeah, it's fantastic news. Well, as mentioned, this is a kind of mid-season review. So Sam and I are now going to discuss three points uh, each that have sort of defined the first half-ish of the season for us. So I'll start uh, as I've begun. Uh, for me, one of the absolute stand-up moments of the season so far is, is Sutton and mm. what he's capable of in that car. Uh, had he driven a little bit more sensible at Donington, I genuinely believe he'd be top of the championship at the moment. Yeah, uh, quite easily. Quite at race one at yep. Donington Park. Um, and if Turkton would have known, he would have probably had a fight in his hand. I don't think he thought it was going to come from Sutton, and he really does have a fight in his hand now, mm. doesn't he? He certainly does. Um, it's amazing to see the similarities between two such what we thought were different cars obviously both rear wheel drive alright Mr Addison different teams different drivers <laughs> different cars um, but yeah to see that Infinity come out from a car that we saw that was really uncompetitive what seven eight years ago well even last season I mean, we saw Moffat run it for six months yeah. and it was okay yeah but I don't think we thought this would happen with, with I mean, we expected Ash to be doing better than Moffat in it because yes. of the real wheel drive and Ash's experience etc but I don't think either of us expected him to be doing this much better no no not really um, and for it to take wins and pole positions already is a, a real surprise yes um, but a pleasant surprise absolutely um, and it's something that the championship really does need because we know how dominant that that BMW with Turkington in it can be and it has made it so far into a proper title fight absolutely and the other thing that I've um, sort of picked up on with the uh, Infinity is that it handles ballast well like the BMW it carries mm. it well Sutton obviously he's slower but we saw it not killed just gone that he was able to win the second race with full ballast on board yeah. fairly comfortably I know Collins not want to launch an attack down the inside yeah. anyway but there was <laughs> There was at no point really Turkton looked like he was going to out-drag him or just have that edge because of the less... But I know there's only six kilos mm. between them, but even so... No significant advantage. No. And obviously they were well ahead of the pack behind them as well. <laughs> they were. Um, which is perhaps more concerned for the series as a whole, but that's a whole other debate for another day. Yeah. But I think it's very surprising to see Sutton where he is. I think he needs to learn the length of his car, as we say every week. But he's still got that never-say-die attitude. He's still overtaking for fun. And that infinity, I think, could push Colin all, will push Colin on the way and I think ultimately Sutton might just do it yeah. he, he's found his mojo again this season hasn't yeah, he very much um, so. and it's very much the Sutton that we knew from his title winning season in that Subaru but this year he's got a much easier car to do it in well he said himself that this is 
in his own words, probably the best touring car he's ever driven. And I think yeah. it's clear to see he just feels so at home in the car, doesn't he? I mean, it's just so in tune to the way he drives and to how he wants it to, to handle and where he wants it to be. Um, I think Colin is probably worried. I think that going into Knock Hill, he wouldn't have been as worried because the gap was fairly large. Same going into Alton Park. But actually, over the last two weekends in particular, Ash really has cut that gap. Yeah, he certainly has. And um, BMR have set up a lovely car for him. Um, and I think their partnership over the last three, four seasons has has really worked in his favour. They know exactly how he wants to have the car. Yeah. Because they've probably looked back at the setups that he was using in that title winning season and thought, okay, can we adjust this to this brand new car that we haven't had before? And I think that's probably helped him out quite a lot as well. Absolutely. I, I very much hope he can keep up this charge. Thruxton's going to be interesting because mm. we'll talk about more in the preview pod. But last series, we oh, sorry, last year we had two rounds there. BMW absolutely dominated one and was completely lost at the other. Yeah, that was confusing. I'm not sure what to expect from Sutton and the, the car here. It's traditionally a Honda track, traditionally. Yeah. But the Hondas have been poor this season, as I know you're going to come on to in a moment. Yeah. Um, but I think as long as he can keep pace with Colin at Thruxton, he won't win the championship here. I don't think he'll lose it here either, but he can't afford to be too far off where Colin is. He'll know that there's, there's tracks coming up where he could be better. Um, so it's all about doing what Colin did at Knock Hill and just keeping in touch and just you know being yep. there or thereabouts. And if you're going to lose points, make sure it's minimum points you lose. And don't do anything stupid, which he's got in his his locker, That's unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, my first point um, is going to be that brand new Ford Focus. Yeah. Um, a car that we thought, okay, how is this going to go? We we had it in the back of our minds, obviously from the the last focus that they were in that it struggled towards the end um, and was a car that was lacking pace even with quick drivers in it like Chilton and then we saw Rory go there and we thought oh god what has he done well I'll be honest with you pre-season I thought this was going to be an absolute disaster piece because they had no major sponsor Yep. they then did and that's dropped out already Yep. Um, brand new car to try and run two drivers that in Neaton Jackson who are Okay, but they're not. I think it's fair to say they're not at the top level of the touring cars. Jackson no. is improving, or certainly was last year. Uh, then you've got Butcher, who I thought was better than them. I'll be honest with you. Mix all that in with, as I say, a brand new car. I, I uh, and the fact they even announced the drivers all last minute. It all, it all seemed to be so mismatched and last minute over the what, what was the winter break? But that now seems yeah. to say, but whatever it was, you know, the break. Um, even mocking themselves to a point of the various polar bear oh, gifts that were going up it just all seemed to be I mean there's a point where I did question are we actually going to see motorbase on the grid next year or not yeah or had they actually gone into hibernation yeah exactly so it, but to be where they are now I don't think well I didn't see this coming at all and I'm thoroughly impressed with where they are I, I think in uh, the first opening weekend at Donington we were like oh okay this car's got a little bit of pace about it okay less ballast on board Obviously, for the opening round, you don't carry ballast until the second race, and like, mm, okay, it does all right. And then when we got to Brands to see how quick it was there at what is their home circuit, yeah. and to then be plagued by the tyre issues, we thought, okay, it's got pace in it. Now they need to work out the setups, and then for it to go off to Walton Park and be so damn quick in the rain, yeah, I was like, hello. 
this is a car that means serious business this season with the driver that's going yeah I fancy a shot at the title actually um, yeah and that's the dark thing is that even though he effectively sat Brands Hatch out with the two retirements he's still in the title hunt Rory Butcher yes uh, I think that's also I keep saying Collins worried but I genuinely think this is the most challenge he's had because Cambridge's challenge last year came fairly late as in yeah Colin was fairly comfortable and it came a little bit late I think it's come very early this year that there's drivers in Sutton in Butcher to a lesser extent Oliphant who's not going to do, do upset you th- the apple cart do you think you feel that way though because we've had so many races in such close proximity no, to each other I think that this midpoint last year Butcher was ahead or was second in the championship mm. but I don't think we, we any of us genuinely thought he was going to be yeah. beat Colin at the end whereas I at this mid-season point I genuinely think that Sutton or even Butcher depending on what run they can put together have a chance and as I say we've, we've camished last year and the fact we went into uh, brands of five people that could win it but realistically it was only three um, they all came fairly late Jordan really only came into the championship but not kill yep Camish only really came into the championship over the last few rounds yeah whereas I think as I said early on this year we've got four people Oliphant to a lesser extent he's not going to upset the apple cart but four hmm. people who are genuinely at the top and I think can actually push him all the way yeah, that, I, I, I still can't believe the pace of that focus, but I now believe in the pace of that focus. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and think that it will continue into the end of the season. I think the thing that really like brought it home to me was how well that Jackson did at Brands. And Donington, for that matter. And Donington, yes. But to take a podium in race yeah. one on pure pace alone, not even reverse grid sort of yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, for you sure. go oh wait a minute this was a driver that was yes gradually developing towards the end of last season but was still struggling to be there and thereabouts in the points and actually he's racing up with the big boys now and holding his own so this must be a good car absolutely Croft is the key for Motorbase I think out of the tracks that are left we've got Thrux and Silverstone Croft Snetterton Brands the only track I can see them potentially being weak at is Croft why? because that is a power circuit I know traction circuit traction circuit and has generally favoured the longer wheelbase um, and saloon cars uh, I think I think it will be very interesting going into that final round of the season if Butcher is anywhere near title chances looking at how strong they were at Brands at the start of the season yes Brands Indy could dominate and the time of year it could be wet yeah that's true and I mean <laughs> all his birthdays could come at once then if yeah. it's wet and we know that the BMW doesn't quite favour the rain as it used to in the one series shape and yeah that could be the undoing of Turkington but as I say in terms of what Motorbase have got for the rest of the season it's only Croft where I see them struggling Yeah, I don't see them struggling anywhere else because um, I think given at Snetterton where there's the long Bentley straight they'll be quick enough in the tighter section that they've added in there now yep. whereas I think Croft is just such a power traction circuit that Real drive will just dominate there, but again, it's all about Butcher then keeping in touch, just making sure he scores. Oh yeah, you know, top six finishes and that will be enough. Which I think he learnt from last season anyway. Yeah, I think he was done. Okay, well, my second talking point is I'm not partially right. I did say at the start of the year I don't think Camish should have had a shot this year, um, and I think that's all but confirmed already. I know people say don't write them off, don't write Camish off, and he's saying it himself, but. I look at the cars we just discussed. Is that Honda better than the BMW? No. Is it better than the Infiniti? No. Is it better than the Ford? Possibly on the day. Possibly not. 
but it's not in the same place it was last year that Honda I, th- I think it is probably in the same place as it was last year and that's part of the issue that other teams have moved is on. that other teams have Progressed. developed a little more yeah. however I will pull you back to the point that he's won two races this season the same yep. as Butcher the same as Turkington yep He's had his bad weekend at Brands, which I'll come on to talk about with my second point. And from now on, he he gets stronger and stronger throughout the season. He does, and that which is we a, saw last season. That is a good point. But again, with the way that the circuit calendar's gone this year, I think you can pretty much write him off of Croft. Mm. I think that Silverstone, that always depends on the weather. So, yeah, so I who does well there. I think this season could be very much dependent on weather. I just the way I look at what I expected him to do after last year, which is to really push on and really take the charge from the off, he hasn't done so. I think that he's in a car that I'm not sure he fully trusts. Part partly perhaps down to what happened last year, but also mixing with what you're going to discuss next with the mechanical issues. I just think that there are th- there's certainly two better cars, possibly three, and he just not looked particularly racy at points. Yes, he's won races, but when he's been down the order. There's always been a willingness to stick there, which is fine if you're going to play the point game, but you can't play that game if you've got Sutton and Turks in front of you. If they're behind you, 100% play that game. Yeah. 100% play the point game. Fourth, sixth, even is fine. But when you've got Sutton and Turks out in front of you, you've got to push a bit more. And I thought a knock heel this weekend, just gone. He could have got a little bit more aggressive anger in places, could have tried to force the issue a little bit more, and just hasn't done so. I don't know if that's because of the car... Or I, I don't know. I, I just I don't think that that championship challenge is there this year. I I wonder whether the poor result at Brands has knocked I don't know knocked his confidence in the car or or made him think okay I need to be super consistent from now on. I don't think when you see Matt Neal struggling so much as well will help you because no. you know Matt Neal's had an let's say it right he's had an abysmal start to the season by his own standards. Yeah nowhere near a podium um, but, the, but the halfway point last year both drivers had scored podiums I think only they'd had two retirements up to that point compared to what we've had so far Yeah. and you're seeing Matt Neal a 700 race starter 30 year career really struggling with that car now yes you'll know that part of that's down to natural progression of, of ageing etc but you'll also look at that and think crikey if Matt can't get something out of this what am I supposed to do with it yeah, I, I think I think there was a little more encouragement last time out at Knock Hill to see that Matt was a bit racier in it. Don't yeah. f- don't forget that before this season started, Matt had a hell of an accident on his bike. Yeah, that is true. Which may have also knocked him. He may not still be at full physical fitness. That's Bear, a fair bearing point. in mind his age and recovery time and stuff like that. That's a fair point. It was a hell of a hit that he had. Yeah, that is a fair point. One I hadn't quite thought of actually. That is a fair point. I just don't. <sighs> The carriage of last year was pulling off audacious moves, going for every gap, and I just don't see that this year. I don't see it. Yeah, there's a there's a fine balance between, as you say, being audacious, going for every gap, and consistently scoring the points enough to bring home a title. But that's fine, as I said earlier, if you've got your title challenges behind you. But yes. when they are so yes. far up the road... You've really got to force the issue because yeah. it's not in, if if Collins winning the race, it's not good enough for you to finish sixth. You yeah. might as well at that point go for third or bust. Yeah. Because the, the the way the point system works in the BTCC is that 
you can't afford to finish three, four spaces back from mm. the title challenges because you the gap opens up very quickly and closes very quickly. The gap between winning a race and second is quite a lot, which is why Sutton's closed the gap so much at Knock Hill. Yeah, a- a- along with his fastest laps. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, the, and the fact that you can get points for leading the lap and qualifying on pole and stuff like that. Fastest lap, and I just don't think that Cambridge has the equipment this year to challenge properly. I think that his title championship tilt is already done. I... I as I said on the last podcast, I still disagree with you. I still think there, at the moment, there is still just the six in it. Just, but that's only because we're halfway through the season. If this was with three, two, three rounds left, then yeah, I'd probably verge more on that side of it. I think that Thruxton is going to be absolutely key for Camish. I think if he can't score strong points there, then I think even you are going to have to start admitting that it's done. Uh, until it's mathematically done. <laughs> I mean, the I mean the other thing we should consider actually is that what would happen if a driver tested positive for COVID nineteen, mm. and as this calendar is going into the winter, we expect COVID cases to get r- rising uh, again. I I would assume similar to what happened in the Formula One when Perez um, was diagnosed positive with it, is that they would have to sit out for the necessary time and then pass the necessary tests. Which could be two weekends, the way the calendar works. Yes. Which is... So that's another thing to bear in mind. Yeah. Not that but the, ne- I mean, but that's then, not then you could also put an asterisk next to the champion, whoever it might be this year, that won in a condensed calendar with these... What is it about... It's, it's all the permutations. What is it about non-Liverpool fans and loving asterisks? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that, that it's also pointing that that's not just um, sensitive to Camish. That's for anyone who could you know, miss a weekend and that could really yes. change championship stuff as well. Yeah, very much so. Anyway, your next point. Uh, my next point is we're sticking with the Hondas, um, but we're talking about how badly they've been hindered this season by the heat. Yes. So obviously we saw scorching temperatures at Brands, possibly the hottest we've seen in quite a while for a touring car weekend, and it was significant how badly both the FK2 and the FK8 Hondas suffered from it. And it wasn't wholly down to engine issues. So Team Dynamics, Alfords, however you want to put it, um, they had power steering issues, whether it be pumps, hydraulics, or fuses in Camish's popping out uh, issue. And then we had Hill and Osborne both suffer engine issues early on. We think that may have been down to overheating. And then the BTC boys, they also had a, a dire weekend for reliability. Well, I still stand by my theory on the FK8s that they don't have very big areas for air to get in. You compare mm-hmm. it to the BMWs with Frog its big nostrils, yeah. yeah, the Ford, etc. I think that when you look at the certainly FK8, that they have got a slightly lesser into. They also have grills on top of the bonnet, yeah, to that area, which is fine. But that's air's already really hot. Mm. Whereas I think that the BMWs and the other cars, etc., they are bigger in air intake areas. Yeah, I think the ones on top of the bonnet for the Hondas are more to let the heat out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's significant how much they've struggled in the heat. And then you get to the other side of the spectrum where it's really cold and they haven't exactly performed great. Well, I was going to say, they've just struggled full stop, haven't they? They weren't particularly strong at Alton in wet conditions, which have, not, which have traditionally suited them. I mean, Cook and Cambridge tend to come alive in wet conditions. Okay, 
Cook did come alive at Alton and we had the ridiculousness with the ride yeah. height as previously discussed. But Chilton didn't look particularly strong in the wet. Okay, it was better performance than he had, but it wasn't it wasn't a vintage Tom Chilton performance by any stretch of the imagination. Um, no, I mean, apart from Camish taking those two wins, the only other Honda drivers that have got on the podium are Hill and Chilton. And Hill and a much older car. Yes. In comparison. And uh, that's not that's not where we expected these reliable stalwart Honda Civics no. to be. No. Um, as we sort of like said earlier, they've, they've been a staple of the championship for God knows how many years now. And they've always performed well. Well, I went for Chilton as my title winner. Well, exactly. You know, he's like, as I thought going into the season, this is the best piece of equipment he's had under him since the 2006 Astra days. Yep. So, <laughs> I mean, that's gone fantastically for Love me. your predictions. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we thought that the Hondas would be the ones to probably beat this season, and they seem to have... Well, only because they were so dominant last year, albeit BMW yeah. won the title with Colin, but... You look at how well Butcher did last year, how well Tordoff was doing until the problems he had, uh, how well Bushel did coming into that car. Um, you look how well Halfords did across the board. Did, uh, from memory, they beat BMW last year to one of the titles. Yep. Um, it all seemed roses. Yeah. But this year... I, I wonder whether... I, I doubt it for the FK8s. But I wonder whether the FK2s have reached their development potential. Well, you say that. Limit. You say that Hill is pulling out. Now they've actually got the engine working to a point on Hill's car. He's pulling out some terrific results in that car. He is, yes, but that's nothing compared to what we saw from Butcher last season. True, although Butcher didn't have to put up with an engine that was no. running on whatever it's running no. on. Uh, I'd also argue that the downside completely to the uh, FKs that. Uh, Hill and Osborne run more so for Hill is that they don't take weight well we no. saw it with Butcher last year that they yeah. do not take weight well um, I think Hill really has struggled or he's done really well to get a podium and then fallen away in race 2 because the weight just kills the car but yeah I, I think towards the end of the season as I said a little bit earlier that the weather will pay a huge part yeah. and if it is wetter then we could see the Hondas coming more into their own because we know we saw how good they were in the hands of Cook at Alton Park, despite the issues. Um, but generally, they go pretty well in the wet. They do. The only caveat I'd say to that is that BMWs looked ominously good in the wet at Alton yeah. Park, as did Sutton's Infinity. Yeah. As did Ingram always goes well in the wet as well. So We just want a competitive championship, really. Which we've got. Yeah, we've got. Okay, my final point to uh, discuss here is um, I want to give a shout-out to Bordley, Carl Bordley, um, second season in the championship. He really has grown. You know, He's competing for the Jack Sears. He's not too many points off Michael Kreese, who, in my opinion, has got a better, slightly better car, slightly newer, and a better resource team yeah. um, compared to Bordley at heart. Um, we expect him to go well because we know the kit's good he's got with him, but he's actually doing, in my opinion, exceeding expectations because... He's racing. He's actually looking at comfortable racing so-called established names of the series. Okay, the season started off fairly slowly but surely. And then, but the last couple of rounds, other than ditching it in the wall at Old Park, which obviously was a mistake, but certainly a knock hill, he, he now seems comfortable in the series, comfortable in the car, and I'm really excited to see what the second half of the season holds for him. Yeah, um, when we spoke to him 
uh, before the season started. You can go and hear that on another podcast of ours. Uh, he said he was he was looking forward to the Jack Sears Trophy and trying to go all out to try and win mm. that. And I don't know. At the time, I thought, yeah, great to have ambition, but can can he back it up with driving quality? And he scored points every weekend so far. Yes, they haven't been many, but in the Jack Sears Trophy, it's it's a different system, system yeah. because of the drivers that are in it. And of those drivers, yes, he's doing excellently. And I think as he gets to know the BMW more and more, he will develop further and further yeah. and become more comfortable with the car, especially with his hot rod days. He's used to having a rear-wheel drive, bit of a twitchy rear end, and being able to almost throw the car about a bit. Yeah, well, last year he scored points at only four races, four yeah. weekends, so he's already matched that. Yeah. And you'd expect him to do just as well this time around. Last time out uh, in 2019, he scored five points. He's already on 11. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the step forward is there. Generally, his points have progressed well. He had a nice little run of three point scores on the bounce, which is very important as well. It's very helpful. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, this is something very exciting for him to build on. He's only had one retirement this season as well, compared to a handful of six or seven last time out so this is a really positive start for him in a, in a good piece of kit and I think he can certainly win the Jack Sears not beyond the realm's possibility not at all um, but he's just getting better and better and better especially if he can be fighting in that uh, mid-pack where his closest rival to that Jack Sears trophy we believe Crees possibly Osborne to be fighting in if he can be in around those and just nick a place on them near to the end of each race then that's going to boost him up that Jack Sears um, championship greatly yeah and I'd say uh, we expect him to do better than last year in, in the car but I think it's the consistency that surprised me and I'm really excited for what the second half of the season holds for him yeah uh, well moving on to my third point now and it's a two way surprise for me uh, first of all is how bloody good those Hyundai's are Yes, out of the box. Um, to see how competitive they were and how on pace they are with two drivers that have been in the championship for a while um, but have never, never experienced a brand new car as such. Yeah. It's interesting to see how they've pushed it and how they've developed it. And to see now how the car runs with weight on board and stuff like that, and to be consistently finishing inside top 15, even top 10 at times. Or both have scored a podium. And scoring points, yeah. I don't think it'll be long until we see that Hyundai possibly take a victory this season. But on the flip side to that, is MB Motorsport, obviously last year's independent championship with RCIB Insurance and Auto-aid, I think it was. Auto-aid, yeah. They've been nowhere? Uh, barring, <sighs> barring the last two weekends that Hill has really looked competitive and has got on top of the engine issues, it's a team we expected to kick on from last season. Obviously, that difficult to live up to those similar expectations. But to be struggling so much with one, reliability, and two, pace in the car is uh, slightly concerning 
um, and something that I didn't expect from them this season. I'll start by responding to your Hollander point because it's simpler and a lot yeah. less exciting than the, the MB stuff from from a talking view, a talking point point of view. Uh, the Hondo is excellent. Mm. Um, they really have done a really good job of that accelerate and have been the surprise of the season to how competitive that has come out of the box. As a team, yes. As a team, yeah. So they've both already taken a podium is, is excellent for both drivers. And they both seem to be getting to grips with the car um, as well. Moving on to MB, I think one of the biggest problems is that I think Blundell's got a hell of a job on his hands coaching Osborne. Mm. Because on the opening weekend... Donington, I was quite excited. He looked fairly yeah. racy, looked good, car was okay. Yes, there are uh, reliability issues that they've had, but since then he's gone backwards. Errors uh, I can think of certainly on Park and Not Kill. I'm sure there are probably errors early in the season as well. <sighs> he's, he's had less points finishes than Bordley has, just going back to your previous point. Yeah. Is that there's a reason that Osborne isn't at the top of that Jack Sears trophy, is because one, reliability with the car, but also two, his pace has been worrying. And mistakes. He's dropped it a lot. He's missed yes. corners a lot. He's just not raced intelligently. And then, you know, we were, the MG last year is difficult to grade because we've said before, and we'll say it again, it was so pointless and slow that it was, you know, you and I could have driven it and not got any better results or not, or not looked not any done worse. Not done any worse. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I was really excited to see what Osborne could do as a racer in a car that we know is a good car. Um, and I just... He's just gone backwards. Whether he's lost confidence in the car due to the engine problems and reliability issues they've had, I don't know. That shouldn't really be an excuse. And you've seen Jake Hill put two podiums together over the last two weekends. Uh, and Jake Hill's also now getting a pretty good tune of that in qualifying as well. Yep. Um, and doing a, uh, To be fair to Jake Hill, he's doing a very good job in the car, uh, given that there are clearly problems with it still. But, board, uh, but Osborne is so far back and you expect in every team there's going to be a driver that is one and two and there's going to be yep. a driver who is better just to be down the, the grid now that's evident yeah, in every we, single team we've even got that in the Hyundai yes. Proctor seems to have adapted better yes he had that very difficult first weekend at Donington where Smiley did really well but since then he he seems to have been more consistent in the car yeah Proctor hasn't made mistakes in the car they say oh, Smiley has right. by dropping it Proctor's issue was a turbo thing, which is outside his control. Yeah. Whereas you go back to Osborne, yeah, you want to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's a young driver, only only his second season, um, but he's had a hell of a step up, and a step up a lot of drivers don't get into a car that is genuinely competitive. You've got a great opportunity with Blundell. Yes, his BTC career didn't work out well, but there is a very accomplished driver there, uh, willing to give time to mentor these people that's why he's involved in the team okay Jake Hill doesn't need the same levels because he's a very accomplished driver been in the series a lot longer than you think um, but with Osborne I just think Blundell's got a really difficult job in his hands I, I wonder whether over the winter break there were just too many changes in that team there was no constant both drivers changed the team management changed it, it's been rebranded it's just it seems like it's all come at once and it's thrown them off a bit possibly is that then a case of just the cream rising to the top with Hill who now seems to be over the, the blip and, and performing I, well because I think we knew that Hill was going to be a decent driver from how well he pushed that Audi last season and he surprised you yes yes he did um, and this was a, a natural progression yep. for him but obviously he had those difficulties in the first weekend and now he's starting to show the pace that we were probably expecting from him 
at the moment, I'm just not sure why um, Osborne was picked over Smith if you're going to take one of the drivers out of the MGs. Um, I'm not sure why he was picked over some other drivers in the grid. You'd argue Ollie Jackson could have been... Uh, OK, he stayed in motor base, but you know what I'm saying. There's some drivers that are or were potentially in slower cars that yep. haven't had that. Goff being another one. Yeah. And I just question a little bit why they picked Osborne, unless it was handpicked by Blundell as his student to mentor. Mm. If that is the case, he's got a lot of mentoring to do. Yeah. I, I think I think he'll find it more difficult mentoring Osborne this season than he did with Hill last season. Oh, because he was driving alongside Hill in the same car. He knew what the machinery was doing underneath him, whereas being introduced to a brand new car this yeah. season, brand new car for both drivers as well, is that it's more or it's difficult further so to help a driver improve when you don't know what it feels like. Absolutely. Well, with us moving into this like mid-season interval, we thought we'd uh, summarise the driver grades that we've picked so far this season, um, have a little bit of a talk about them, and to sort of like see how we think they might develop over the rest of the season as well. Yeah, so as you know, regular listeners, we have been grading them uh, race in, race out. Uh, we've now done a kind of average for where they are. Uh, what they've done well, what they need to improve on. Uh, just a couple of lines on each driver as we go through. It's not to bore you completely. Yep. Uh, Turkington, fairly easy this one. A yeah, top of the championship. Consistent as we expect. Yeah, top of the championship. Can't ask for more. No. Oliphant, uh, we've gone for a B. Much better see second season in that car. Yeah. Uh, looks a hell of a lot more competitive. I still think he's too easy to pass, but I think he's working on his overtaking skills but he needs to become slightly better defending. It'll be interesting to know whether there's actually any communication between him and Turkington on racecraft. Or yeah, get out of the way. How to, <laughs> or how, how to approach certain situations and whether he will benefit from that knowledge. But you can certainly see he's, he's improving from last yes, year. Uh, most definitely. So. Uh, moving on to Kamish B. Yes, he's done okay nothing great yeah he, he's had a, a mediocre season compared to what he was doing last season um, but as I said earlier I think that, that might gradually improve towards the end of the season like it did last year it needs to end quick yeah it does Matt Neal with a C he's had an awful weekend at Alton and some fairly middling performances the rest of the way yep. some mechanical issues in there as well C's about right yeah he, he's Possibly showing his age now, um, but some of the racecraft we saw there last weekend at Knock Hill. Yeah, it was vintage near the time. Yeah, it was. So. Uh, Sutton, A, I mean, I genuinely think if you pulled number six out and Knock Hill would have had pole, race one, race two, hmm. and race three. You'd have been very close to it, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he's been possibly the star this season um, considering what we expected from the car absolutely and I think that he's going to as I said earlier push Colin all the way uh, his teammate Moffat was gone for a mid-season uh, grade of C slow start to the season some serious progress made at Alton Park uh, and Knock Hill mm. um, he looked much more comfortable in the car but he also looked comfortable in the car there at Knock Hill last season yeah. so it will be interesting to see how he then kicks on hopefully through the rest of the season knowing that the pace is in the car yeah he's got to kick on fast because he's been outshone completely by Ash at the moment yes <laughs> uh, Butcher we've gone for an A perhaps a low A I'd say he's yeah it, it's all down to what could have been at Brands yeah and I think it would have been a solid A if 
those punctures hadn't happened. I think it's also to a degree what could have been a not kill if he drove properly. I mean, yeah. you know, he did overdrive there and cost his weekend a little bit. But the fact he's still in the title hunt is is important. Yeah, uh, and that's been a very good start for him. Uh, Ollie Jackson, a C, started the season really really well with a uh, podium mm. as well. Really yeah. positive. Looked really good at racing. Was able to hold Ingram back fairly convincingly at Brands. Good racecraft. And then at Alton and Knock Hill. Struggled. Yeah, I know. Obviously, Knock Hill, he had the big shunt as well, but just struggled. Just struggled for pace. Um, I, I think if he'd had better pace at Knock Hill, then he wouldn't have been in that position. Exactly. So, C needs to rediscover how he started the season yes. for sure. Uh, Andy Neat. C. Been fairly surprising. Pleasant. He's, Pleasantly surprised yeah. considering his uh, history in the sport, yeah. um, and he hasn't disgraced himself. No, a couple of errors here and there, but that's I think as rustiness as anything else. He's not been involved in accidents of his own making. The Gornells he hit him with the safety car is um, you can't uh, you know legislate for that. No, nope. but he's not done anything silly. You know, had a fairly quiet but strong start uh, return to the series. Yes, he has. Chilton, we've gone for a B. Um, certainly the best out of the BTC has to offer. Best of a bad bunch. Mm. Um, Lackluster from BTC this season, but he is the one that has taken the most points for the team. And has shown continued progression as yes, well. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, Crease, we've gone for a C. Leading the Jack Sears title uh, charge. Fairly good, scored points fairly regularly, looked racy at times, some silly errors as well along the way. Getting more and more used to the car. But yeah, looking more comfortable, more at home. Yeah. So I think a C is a fair grade for now. Uh, Cook, a D. Uh, he's had some rotten luck, but equally at times you've got to drive him. He makes his own luck yeah, sometimes. You can't drive him in motion. Um, yeah. And I think that was shown best at not kill. Your team have just worked you know, a miracle to get your car back on the grid. And the first few laps, you're trying a ridiculous three into one move and get punted off into the gravel. Yeah, well, we we saw a similar um, thing at Alton Park where yeah. he got chucked to the back of the grid because obviously he got excluded and then he had the coming together with Crease. Well, even to a lesser extent, in race one, he got so angry at his bad start that he started pulling off some audacious mistakes. Yes. yes, they worked, but they I don't think, work every time. I think all too often he drives with his head rather, sorry, his heart rather than his head. Yes. Uh, Ingram B. He's been there or thereabouts. I've been disappointed that he's not looked at any point really about winning a race. He's not looked close, in my opinion, this yeah, year. Yeah, it's been a mediocre to slightly disappointing season. From what he would probably expect, he would have certainly have expected to have a race win by now. I think so. And the fact that he hasn't, and he hasn't looked close to one, is either down to how good those rear-wheel drive BMW and Infinities look, or just to how... The lack of progression, possibly, in that Toyota. I think it's a mix of the two. Yeah. I think it's a mix of the two. Uh, Goff, hard. We might as do all the hard boys, apart from Bordley. D, Goff, D, Brown, D, Hamilton, all having a pretty torrid time in the CC. Um, yes, Goff's the best out of them, but you'd expect that, given his yeah. experience. Um, Hamilton has, has been better this season, but not brilliant. Still some errors creeping in, as we saw at Orton Park. Brown... He's an absolute novice at this. He's Brown, giving Brown his best from, go. But. Brown was encouraging at the start of the season. Obviously, he had that poor round at Alton, which yeah. eventually meant that he missed out on Knock Hill. But I think he he will feel positive about the season going ahead. Absolutely. Uh, Bordley C, um, as we've mentioned in my piece before, got grips of the car, looking fairly strong. Yeah. Uh, Morgan, uh, a B. 
he gets the best out of what he's got, doesn't he? To have a race win, to beating people like Ingram to a race Amazing, win, isn't beating it? Neil to a race win. In a car that we thought could go on the scrap heap. Yeah. And yeah. They've worked he's wonders on that car. Well outperforming what that car should really be doing. Absolutely. Uh, his team at Boutel not getting so much out of the car. That's to be expected. Debut season at a D. Yeah. The thing I've seen is that there's just been no consistent uh, improvement. So we've seen, um, we've seen you know him have a few good weekends here or there, be a decent uh, outing at uh, Brands Hatch, but then it's sort of been all over the place to where he's gone from there. So a D for that. Yeah. Uh, Hill a B. Uh, obviously two terrible weekends, two good weekends, a chance to move forward. Hopefully. Yeah, I think. Going into the second half of this season, he will be looking to push much further up the grid and uh, to be looking to probably finish inside maybe the top six, top eight. Top eight, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think top eight, absolutely. Uh, and his teammate is, of course, Osborne, who we've given a D to, as discussed in the previous piece. Lackluster. Lackluster, not built on what was a really good start to the season. Nope. Jelly, uh, the man who's had the, probably the biggest array of results, a, a C, an A, an F, and a C. So we've averaged that out at a C, had that really strong weekend at Brands, followed up by that dismal performance at Alton Park, but he came back strongly at Knock Hill, so yeah, it's, it's a jelly season. I was going to say, you never know what you're going to get from one race to the next, never mind weekend. I've said it before and I'll say it again, jelly is Everton. Well, he has a bit of a wobble sometimes, yes. One week he's getting stuffed by Bournemouth, next week he's getting a result away at Arsenal. So. <laughs> uh, it's Chris Smiley, we'll give him a C. I think the reason he's got a C and Proctor teammate in the same car has got a B is because Smiley has made more errors in the car. Yes, Proctor had a poor weekend at Donington, but that was mainly oh, car based. Yeah, you yeah. can't hold him accountable I don't, for that. I don't think Smiley's had as many reliability issues, um, and therefore he's he scored about the same amount of points, but over a longer period. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on to the final two full-time drivers, Gornell and Thompson, both over C. That Audi does look old now. Um, it does a little, yes. Um, there were some signs of it performing well, and I think Gornell will be pleased so far how his debut season's gone. It would be a, a little, little downheartened by no, not Hill, but I think he'll be happy. Not their circuit. Yeah, I think he'll be happier than Thompson is. Yes. Um, I think the really concerning thing was Alton Park, Thompson on pole and dropped down to about 18th by the end of the first lap. That's concerning. Uh, finally, Mike Bushell, only raced two weekends. We're going to grade him anyway. D has got a lot of catching up to do. He's going to be back in this um, errors, 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 and that ruined both weekends. Yeah, uh, there is talks about him possibly coming back for a third weekend with PMR. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether that will actually develop into something. Absolutely. Well, before we leave you then, uh, these podcasts go by in an absolute flash. Uh, before we leave you, it's time to have a quick look over the uh, current standings. So, Sam, will you give us the the main news, if you like, from the Drivers' Championship first, please? So, I'll give you the top ten from the Drivers' standings. Uh, obviously, we've got Colin Turkington leading the way by ten points from Ashley Sutton. Uh, Rory Butcher, there or thereabouts in third. You think he's just in the title fight? Just about, yeah. Uh, Oliphant, only nine points behind him uh, in fourth, followed by Camish and Ingram, who are the six drivers to have scored over 100 points so far this season. But both out of it for me. Uh, following on is T- Tom Chilton, your title hopeful. Yeah, he's out of it. Down in seventh. Uh, 
Uh, Morgan going nice and strong in eighth. Jake Hill, obviously with that difficult start, now pushing himself back up the table in ninth. And first of the Hyundai's in tenth. Um, the only sort of like real drivers that we would expect to be up there above that is possibly Cook down in sixteenth with only thirty-two points this mm-hmm. season. And Matt Neal in 12th with 55 points. Yeah, I'd perhaps expected Moffat to be in the top 10 as well. He's down in 15th, yeah. uh, given he's had a half a season of that car. But yeah, otherwise it's more or less where you'd expect it to be. If I'll give you a quick update on the manufacturers. This won't take long. This won't take long. There's three manufacturers and BMW have won it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> BMW leads uh, from Honda. They have an over 100 point gap already. Not hardly surprising. Oldfans. 108 points. Jeez. Well, it's hardly surprising because Olafin's learned how to finish races and finish races yep. well this year. Uh, Toyota obviously only have one driver of Tom Ingram and they're, f- they're you know, fully behind as well. So I would fully expect BMW to, to finish the job there. Sam, teams. The team standing, as you would probably expect, BMW leading again. Yeah. Uh, this this time they've got 306 points, which is, what, 95 points ahead of Laser Tools. Motorbase are ahead of Halfords. That's what I was Well, even Laser Tools been ahead of Halfords, really. That as well, yeah. Um, Motorbase in third, Halfords in fourth, Accelerate up there in fifth, ahead of Ingram. Mm-hmm. And um, BTC. And BTC. And MB Motorsport. Uh, interesting to see Car Lube up there in ninth, but obviously we know how good a season Moffat has, uh, Morgan has had. Yeah, but they're effectively only a one-car team, aren't yes. they? Yes. Because won't score many uh, points this season. No. Okay, the independent drivers then. So this is for people who do not run for manufacturer teams. And as you'd expect, it's Ash Sutton from Rory Butcher from Tom Chilton. Um, you've then got Adam Morgan, Chris Smiley, Senna Proctor, Jake Hill, Ada Moffitt, Stephen Jelly and Ollie Jackson rounding out the top 10. So that's about where you'd expect it to be, I think. Cook's down in 13th. Apart from Cook down in 13th. Other than that, Jeez. it's about where you'd expect it to be, isn't it? Yeah. Independent teams, Sam. Uh, Laser Tools are out in the lead by 14 points from Motorbase, mm-hmm. both teams which are fairly clear of BTC Racing in third. Accelerate are there in fourth. Only three points back from BTC Racing. Yeah. Uh, Carlube there in fifth with MB Motorsport behind them. Team Parker in seventh. GKR trade price cars. Uh, and then down into the single, single team, single car teams. Okay, the Jack Sears Trophy, and this is one that I don't think gets enough uh, coverage. I've said it before. I think you get nope. some really exciting stuff there. I mean, it's never fully explained to the fan on the TV how the scoring system works or who's won the Jack Sears class of the day. So no. that could do with some work. Oh, so you, you, you see that at the circuit. Um, yes. They have that driver on the podium that has won the Jack Sears for that race. Um, but outside of that, you don't get to see too much coverage around it. No, which is a real shame because it's, it's very exciting. Michael Kreese leads from Carl Bordley, a 14-point gap uh, from Bobby Thompson, from Sam Osborne, who uh, you'd expect him to be ahead of Thompson at least. Yes. Um, and he's not. Boutel leads Neat from Cornell, from Brown, from Bushell, from Hamilton. That surprises me that Boutel is in front of Neat and Gornel. Yeah, actually, that's a fair point. Um, yeah, quite surprised by that. And finally, Sam, if you could just update us on the Goodyear Wingfoot Award, which of course is the qualifying competition for this year. Uh, and there is one point in it at the top. Uh, Colin Turkington leads on 61 points from Rory Butcher. Uh, Dan Camish up there in third. Jake Hill, despite his car struggles this season, is there in fourth with 49 points. 
Ash only in fifth because we know how temperamental he can be with actually getting a lap time yes, in. Yes, absolutely. Is there in fifth? Um, Josh Cook up there in sixth. Oliphant seventh. Ingram eighth. Matt Neal in ninth. And Ollie Jackson in tenth. Well, that brings us towards the end of the pod and the mid-season review. Uh, let us know who's surprised you, good or bad, this season. Uh, and of course, we look forward to the second half unfolding. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back with you for a preview of Thruxton on the Friday before the weekend. And uh, yeah, we hope you have a good mid-season so-called break. Remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 